Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The biggest common theme, when we talk about this all the time, and you talked about this on our podcast, is... A full glass can't receive water. In other words, a lot of the greatest people that we've met so far, and we've met many more guys than we've interviewed so far, the greatest guides have this unsatiable desire to get better and better and better and better and learn. And so they, we're seeing that. There's this, we also, there's just a passion, just a love for fishing that people have. And there's different ways they guard it and try to nurture that, kindle that. And then really a lot of the, a lot of the guys, you know, you mentioned this, you know, we at first it's just like, wow, I can't believe this guy sat down. Oh, wow, I can't believe this guy would meet with us. And then, we, I mean, just what you said, and you realize, no, these are really good. They have really good people skills. <laughs> yeah, and it makes sense, right? You're on a boat with a person every day for 30 years. Like, you, you should be good with people or you got to be a really, really good fisherman. This is Hunter Levine from the Captain's Collective and Josh Wells also with the Captain's Collective. And this is the Tom Rowland Podcast. I'm always looking at the podcast world and seeing if there are some new ones that I should listen to. Apple does a great job of serving them up, either in the new and noteworthy or what's hot or sometimes in the related category. And recently I came across one that I thought was pretty interesting, and it was called The Captain's Collective. And I looked at it, and uh, the description says, a podcast dedicated to gathering wisdom, knowledge, and stories from captains and other industry leaders. So I looked at it, and I thought, well, that sounds interesting. First episode, number 001, none other than Harry Spear, a true legend in the Florida Keys. And Harry moved on from the Florida Keys and, and ended up up in Panacea, Florida. He's building boats these days. I have kind of lost touch with, with him uh, and what he's doing. So that was very cool to catch up with him and get his perspective. And he's also somebody that I'd like to sit down with. These guys sat down with him, Hunter and um, Joshua, Hunter Levine and Joshua Wells. They sat down with, with Harry, among many other captains. They've got John Swanson. They've got Bo Basu. And I sat down with them recently to do one of their episodes. And then we turned around and turned the microphones around, and I interviewed them, kind of about what made them want to start this process. So today's show is a podcast with other podcasters, the Captain's Collective, Hunter Levine and Joshua Wells. It was a good conversation. We 
met at an off-ramp of the freeway that was convenient for both of us. And uh, it was under these beautiful live oak trees with Spanish moss hanging off of them. And it was situated right between a McDonald's and a country, Chinese country fusion buffet. So <laughs> it was kind of a kind of a interesting little situation. So you may hear some you may hear some noises from the road, motorcycles, just road noise. So I apologize for that, but I think that you will enjoy this conversation and and uh, the noises go away eventually. So anyway, now on to this conversation with Hunter and Joshua. All right, here we are. Thanks for having us on, Tom. Yeah, man. Thanks for sitting down. We we uh, we did one. Now we're turning the mic around and doing it the other way. It was nice to be on yours. I like what you guys are doing. So tell me about um, tell me about the podcast. What? How does this start? Yeah, well, Josh and I have been fishing together since we were maybe fourteen in high school. Both of our dads loved to fish. Uh, my dad worked for the Fish and Wildlife Commission for 30 years. And then when he retired, he spent a few years trying to figure out what he wanted to do. And he just kept fishing. He was just having so much fun. And he decided, you know what? In my 50s, I'm going to go ahead and go for it and become a guide. And so that really kind of kept Josh and I's relationship together since high school and through college. And we both got pretty busy in college and didn't fish nearly as much as we wish we could have. And we were all kind of hanging out. My dad was new to guiding. We were all fishing together and we all enjoy learning. And we said, man, you know, we're listening to these podcasts about businesses and leadership. And there's just so many different things out there from a podcast standpoint. But man, wouldn't it be cool to just be a part of a podcast that goes around and interviews people and gets good information and wisdom? And so we just kind of went for it. Yeah. It's just, Yeah, it's one of those things we, you know, if you don't know Chip, which you don't, and probably most of these people listening to this don't. That's uh, my dad. Hunter's dad. <laughs> he is a very serious dude. Anything that he does, he is going to be 100% focused and intense, as like as intense as you can think, times 100, that's what he's going to be about it. So when we came up with this idea, it was one of those, we want to put out content, talk to people, and get information that somebody like Chip or us would want to listen to somebody that is serious about fishing. They, you know, something that it's not going to waste their time when they listen to it. You know, somebody like Chip, Chip told us the other day, he's like, man, he's like, my time's valuable, man. He's like, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to something that's going to, that's going to waste my time. It was just one of those things we want to find, we want to find and talk to people that have information and that know way more about any of this stuff than we do. And yeah. That so we're probably this stuff, what, what's the, tell us, tell me about, um, What's the idea on the podcast? Like just for fishing guides or what? Yeah, we're trying to make it for people who are just really focused on becoming the best fishermen they can be. So it's called the Captain's Collective because it's primarily geared towards captains. We talk a lot about what, what makes great captains. The tent is to go to guides? Yeah, to go to different guides and to learn from them and other people in the fishing industry. So you know, we wouldn't be against going to somebody who owned a, a tackle shop and talking about gear or we got a little bucket list of different different things. We're talking about sitting down with the guys from Skinny Water Culture who have been kind of just creating some fun gear and talking with them about their story. So really, it's it's to us, man, we're just we're trying to just have as much fun and learn as much as we can with it and just see where the wind blows. It's blowing nope. right into one of our minds. <laughs> <laughs> it is blowing here in Live Oak, Florida. 
between McDonald's and Econo Lounge. Yeah. But this is the most non-scenic and also scenic place that I've ever been in my life. To paint the picture here, we are literally in Live Oak. I was I was headed through on I seventy five going north, and we put this together. And so we thought, well, where's a good place to meet? And we meet off of this exit, and there, it, it's kind of a windy day, but there is a McDonald's, and then there's this nice grassy area between kind of a crack house looking <laughs> Econo Lodge, and but we're sitting under the most beautiful lava. Are these live oak trees? Yep. This is, these are, I mean, one, two, three, four. These are there the live be... oaks the city's named after. Really? I made that up now. <laughs> well, we were going to rent can... a room at the Econo Lodge by the hour, but we thought I'm, that I'm, might be a little I'm, weird. I'm glad you didn't because oh. we would all come away with some bed bugs if we went in there yeah. or something else. But, um, these trees are amazing. I mean, this is, this is old Florida sitting between the, the McDonald's and the Econo Lodge, but very cool. Okay. So anyway, so how did you start it? When you when you're thinking about starting this podcast, what did it look like? So we were sitting at my my dad's house in Carabelle, Florida, along the Forgotten Coast. I was just like, you know, I listen to the Tim Ferriss podcast and enjoy it. Let me see what he has out on podcasting. He had a ton of good information. Saved up the money, ordered the gear. You had mentioned on our podcast, there's not a lot. There, there's a lot more expenses, at least at first, than there is income. Uh, but we thought, man, this <laughs> is going to be fun. Least. And uh, ordered the gear, and then I got it in, and then I just kind of stared at it for about a month and was like, man, I'm not very tech-savvy. I've never been very tech-savvy, and it kind of intimidated me. And eventually, we kind of got to the point where we were all talking about it. We're like, look, we have the gear. Like, We need to just go do this. We're going to make some mistakes. Things aren't going to be perfect. You know, Sometimes you're going to end up sitting down at a, a table in Live Oak with, with a big guest, and it's going to be windy, and it's going to be Biker Week in Live Oak. You know, you just... Yeah. And so we just went for it. And so the very first person that we emailed was somebody that's, he's a legend in the Keys, he's a legend in Florida, but he's definitely a legend in our backyard, Harry Spear. And it's just like, let's just throw a Hail Mary and send him an email. And I wake up the next day and it's like, yeah, let's, uh, let's meet. What do you got going on Thursday? Like, let's get some pizza and go back to my house and record the podcast. And nice. we're just like, what in the yeah. world is going on? <laughs> you know, we thought like we'd have to be doing it for, for years. But one of the things that was really obvious out the gate was, that the passion, the desire that we had just to hear stories and get information and get different tips. And there's always just, you're mining for gold. The desire that we had to have fun with that and do it has been a shared desire that one, people are, are willing to sit down and to, to share their wisdom and have fun. And at the other end, people are definitely out there wanting to get better and learn. Yeah. So I find it interesting that I've been able to get the guests that, that I've been able to get because I, I mostly have some sort of a, a former relationship with him. I, I threw a Hail Mary a couple of times, one to Bouncer Smith, which I, who I didn't know. And Bouncer is a true legend in sport fishing. And uh, just go there, and he's just the nicest guy. Tells stories. And I'm like, oh, this was a home run. Like, this was such a home run. But what you guys are doing is interesting because you're coming at it from a different place. And, and most of the people, I guess, you don't have a relationship with. You did with Harry, I guess. No, not no? really. And that's the thing. And maybe you can help answer this question because you're kind of the same, basically the same as everyone else we've done, is we pretty much are just like, hey, let's throw this Hail Mary, see what happens. The worst they're going to say is no. Right. Or maybe they just don't answer our Instagram message, you know? So it's kind of weird. You know, we just basically just 
throw a long ball to somebody that, you know, somebody like you we've been watching on TV since we were kids. You know, we kind of idolize as a hero in the fishing industry. I now feel and, old. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. But, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, man, yeah, I'd love to do it. You know, when can you meet? Yeah. And it's it's one of those just like, wow, you're kind of taken off guard that they even responded to you because you're a nobody in Tallahassee. And then at the same time, you get down and they're the nicest people. They treat you just like they've known you forever. You know, they just, we've had some crazy That's stuff super happen. cool. But a couple of the guests that you were mentioning are not podcast guys. Like for the most part, I think everybody that I have talked to about doing this, well, maybe not. Maybe not. I, I, I might think, think differently. But what I was going to say is, I was going to say that almost everyone that I have asked to be on the podcast knows what a podcast is for the most part. Some of the people that you're talking to, you said, no, they, they don't know. They never listened to a podcast before. So what's, what's the challenge with that? Well, the, the greatest example is Nat Raglan. You know, he is just a, a legend down in South Florida and the Keys among legends. I mean, and with Nat, you know, he's, he's older. He's, he fished 30, 40 years in the industry Interestingly enough, you know, I sat down, I got the gear out with him. He'd never listened to a podcast or been on a podcast and he'd been on some television. Um, Lots of television yeah. and movies. He was, uh, Nat Raglan was, was Billy Pate's guide in the original 3M Tarpon movies. And, uh, so I only watched those about 6,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> and before that, he, we interviewed him and, and got his story, but he was involved in the movie industry and actually did some, some work with sound. But that was, I mean, over, 50 years ago so when you sit down with him he's just kind of like so what we're just going to talk yeah and uh with guys like nat you know he's nat so nat got the nickname from flip pallet the senator because he could just talk so much that, that flip was on the boat with him and said you just talk so much you, you're the senator and it actually stuck with him lefty cray probably told him that his mother was, was probably raped by an auctioneer he hit, <laughs> he, hit, he, hit, he hit somebody with that one time when i was oh. standing there and i was like Dang. and nat can tell the story and the thing the thing that you know with nat you know it was just kind of like uh we we had a mutual friend and he was like man you gotta get nat and i was like oh, man absolutely if he'd sit down with me i'd drive there at you know we 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 had some interviews in the keys and we left at three o'clock in the morning to make it happen you know and with Nat, you know, we sat down and he hadn't been on one. I just said, you know, just we're going to ask you questions and just talk in the mic, man. And he was a he was a natural. I mean, you know, this. some people are it's, it comes a little more easy yeah. uh, than others. And some people, maybe they've been on television. So you got a, a feel for what their their vibe is, you know. So, yeah, you're right that some people some people are really good at it. And some people kind of get the get the idea right away. And what I've been really impressed with, and I'd like to know from you too, because like, wow, how many have you put out? We've released three and we have about 10 queued up. Okay. So you got 13 and I've been doing this one for almost a year and I've got 80, I think, but I don't feel like I know anything more than what you have learned in 13. I mean, honestly, I, I literally, so many of these have gone and I feel like I've done some really good ones and I feel like, okay, the, you know, that one didn't go so well or, or I didn't get what I was looking for or the guests just didn't really, well, I don't know. I can't complain about any of the guests 
you know, it's, it's all about how, what kind of questions you ask and, and how you set up this whole, this whole idea. But there are some people like I, the first Hail Mary I threw was Bill Dance and Bill Dance just, he did all the work. I didn't have to do anything. He did. He just sat down and he told his story. Like he had been waiting to tell this story for, for 50 years. And it was great. It was so good. And even if I had prepared better or more, I, I don't think it would have gone any better. Like what you, but, but he's a showman and he's an entertainer and he's been on TV for 50 years. Like, of course he's going to be good at it. But I find it interesting when you go, like when I went to uh, Robert Trossett and right away, Robert Trossett's just awesome. Just storytelling, awesome, you know, very um, open, just awesome. Some people are just like that. Yeah, I found already just, well, one, I think there's a sense that like, you know, you talked about how did we get started, but you want everything to be perfect. And then you realize, you know, if I'm going to get good at this, like I'm going to have to start somewhere, you know, like I got to start somewhere. And then you, you want to really mine out these, these gold nuggets from each guest. And that's really a skill that you have to hone in. And I think that, you know, it's just like anything else. Like if you want to get good at squatting, like at some point you're going to have to be okay with just, you know, having the bar and, you know, you just, you can't go, well, if I can't squat 400 out the gate, I'm just not going to do it. And you can't go, if I'm not going to just nail every interview with the perfect question and, and then, then it's probably not for you. You got to be willing to get better. And so we'll get in the car and all the time be like, oh man, I can't believe we did this or, and you just got to learn from it. Do you listen to them after? Oh yeah. Yeah. We listen do you to edit them after. your own. I edit my own right now. Um, I, I feel like with, I, I use uh, Logic Pro X and, uh, or 10 or whatever. And, um, I feel like it's, it, it, the, like the capabilities of it are so beyond me, but I just, I can't afford to hire somebody to add them right now personally. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> I know all about that. Well, that's cool. So what, what are you hoping to create? Like, like you said, you want to create something that your dad would listen to and people that, that want to fish are listening to, but, but I mean, when you look at it kind of like, Man, this time next year, I'd like to Blue Sky. What would you What would you think like for a startup podcast? What would be successful in one year from today? It's a good question. I think that for us, just content that we love and content that somebody maybe they, a year from today they find out they they love fishing and they go on the podcast and they go, oh man, I got oh I got to listen to that one. You know. I, oh, Oh, that, you know, I've, I've always wanted to hear this guy's story. You know, I've seen him on show before and, you know, and I think, I mean, truthfully for, for us too, like, man, we just want to have fun. You know, we, we got in the car leaving Isla Mirada a couple of weeks ago and Josh and I, we were just talking and Josh looked at me and goes, these are the good old days. He's like, you know, how people <laughs> talk about like back in the good old days. Yeah. He's like, these That's are the awesome, good old days, man. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. We're going to look back when we're 50 or 60 Dude, remember we were in our 20s and we hopped in the truck at 2.30 a.m. and drove to the Keys and did some podcasts and then turned around and drove back? That was crazy, yeah. you know? And whether anything comes of, of this podcast or not, I think for me and Hunter, like, that was, it's been worth it, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're meeting guys that we would never would have dreamed that we, we would have met or got yeah, but you know the funny with. thing about that is that, like, these people that you're talking about, you never would have dreamed that you would have ever met them. No one could be more of a regular guy than a fishing guide. Like, 
uh, or a successful fishing guide. Like, I guess you could have fishing guides that have, that are all pumped up with their egos and stuff like that. But a successful fishing guide is somebody that gets along with everyone that they ever have on their boat that, like we were talking about before, knows how to entertain, is a nice person. It's somebody that somebody wants to spend eight hours with. I mean, God, imagine if you got on the boat with somebody and you're like, let me off of this thing. Well, I mean, that's not going to be, that's not going to be one of the people that's on your list. I don't think, um, you know, it's, it's somebody, they know how to do it. Like that's their business is being a cool person, a nice person. And it's, it's funny. Like, I don't know, like at the Miami boat show just recently, I'm coming back from that right now. People are like, it's really nice to meet you or whatever. You know, you look taller on television. I get that all the time, <laughs> but, but, uh, that's because, uh, I, I, I hope I look taller on television anyway, but it's like, you know, you're just a regular person. Like you make your living for a long time anyway, picking people up at the dock and no matter what walk of life they come from, no matter what area of the world they come from, your, your job is to entertain them. So I don't know why it would be any, any different. That's why That's I think it's kind point. of funny. Like when you're saying, you're saying, you know, these guys, like you're putting them up on this pedestal, but they're, they're the most regular person that what, what separates them is this, this wealth of experience and hopefully a willingness to share it. And that's where the, the podcast comes from. But so why, why a podcast? Like, why did you think of all the things that you could do? Like, what do you do for a living? So I'm actually a college pastor at a church in Tallahassee, work with a couple hundred FSU students. Okay. And what do you do? I, I work for the fire department in Tallahassee. Nice. Yeah. Cool. It's good job. And so you got plenty of spare time to think about what time. you could be doing yep. on your days off. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of free time. Yeah. Okay. So, so of all the things that you could do with your spare time, and you also have kids. Mm-hmm. I have I have a daughter. Okay. Yeah. One daughter. No kids no for kids, you. No kids, yeah. Why have a podcast? Well, there's a, a sense to us where we wanted to create something that we would want to listen to. We both listen to podcasts. There are some great fishing podcasts out there, but there's something about like, man, wouldn't it be fun to go around and ask the questions and meet the people and try to just contribute to what's already happening? You know, you guys with the Waypoint Collective, you know, there's there's a, a kind of a gold rush right now of, wow, we can go around and interview people and get this content and hear these stories we talked about this on when we sat down with you for, for our podcast, but there's some limitations that television has. And I'm not, I, th- I think it's a form of art. I think that they're trying to get these beautiful shots of fish. And, you know, when I watch a television show, I want to see, you know, I want to see somebody cast out a tarpon or I want to see, you know, the colors of, you know, the dolphin. I mean, just, but for us, like we were like, we think this is the best medium for getting good content. Um, you know, it's a lot to say, hey, Tom, let's meet up and write a book, you know, let's get, you know, but to say, hey, let's have a conversation and record it. Um, well, this is this is exactly the the one of the things that I find most interesting about it is that we hadn't really planned this, put it together yesterday. Now, of course, I've been trying to get certain people for a year and have it set up and it falls through or or it's it's set up, but you got to change it. But it's really you're, you're really asking very little of someone. You got an hour. Okay. Yeah. That could be before work. That could be after work. That could be at their house. It could be at your hotel room. It could be wherever right now. This is 
at an exit off of a, a highway where where we kind of get together and go hey yeah i'd really like to do that let's let's i'm going to be driving here and you're like oh yeah well we can meet at this exit and so for me it's really refreshing the whole podcast thing is that i don't need a crew i don't need much equipment the equipment that we're using is cheap and of course we are sacrificing a little bit of quality right now with the with the trucks going by i hope that's not too too bad for for the quality of the thing but this can be done anywhere with a very small time commitment from your guest that i think is one of the reasons why it's successful plus man i i posted this picture the other day i couldn't believe it and that's why i posted it because like i said february 27th was the when when Ch- Chaston Whitfield's podcast went live on my my deal. First of all, I could not believe that, like, almost immediately, like, a thousand people listened. Like, wow. Like, that's crazy. And so with this little deal on this cement table sitting in Live Oak, Florida, this could be listened to almost every country in the world. And I posted this picture the other day of the provider that I use, Libsyn. It shows this cool map, and, and it shows, like, the area's where you've had downloads and you can hover over it and it shows, you know, you had two in South Korea or you had, you know, wherever, like all of these crazy countries. And I just can't believe that with almost no equipment and certainly no experience, certainly no technical uh, training that anyone can just create a podcast and, and it can go literally worldwide with, without much, money without much time without much training without much of anything and i think that's a that makes it a really cool world that we're living in right now because like guys like you can can decide this is some cool information that i would like out there and this is i think we can put our own little spin on it and are we going to write about it are we going to video it or how are we going to do this and and i think that's why a lot of people are embracing the podcast space because it's cheap it's quality and i don't know it's it's interesting and on, on top of that i think even just the information you're getting i mean you can you can follow somebody on instagram you know get their highlight reel you know they jumped eight fish today and boated two and you know they're at the bar tonight you know drinking beers with their clients or you know whatever it is a great day but you get that when you sit down with somebody face to face like we're doing right now, which is what we've we haven't done, I don't think any over the phone, which we're trying to avoid. Yeah, I think you sit down face to face with a guy, you're going to get stuff that he's not going to share on his Instagram. You know, where did this guy come from? How did he get to hear from you know where he was ten years ago? It's just an interesting way to get information. I think it's a good way to share it. Too. So so far with with thirteen uh, in the can, almost all of these are with successful fishing guides, right? Yeah. Well, I was going to add that one of the things we did want to do is kind of have a mix of, you know, well-known guys and then guys who have just, they're great fishermen, but they've just been faithfully, you know, building their client list. Some of the guys that we've interviewed with really like have, have really just been doing this for 30 years, building it off a of word of mouth. There's some, you know, some great guys. They're just not super tech savvy, you know? And, uh, it's been really fun to mine out some information from guys that maybe people have never heard of, right? But are really great fishermen and really great guys. Yeah, I like that too. Um, but in the thirteen that you've done so far, have you come up with any common 
themes that 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 you're like all these people are kind of like this like is there is there a common theme yeah we've been we we talk about that a lot that's something that we are desiring to do is to try to find a way to take all of it and to to compile it to figure out how you know what what makes these guys tick the biggest common theme when we talk about this all the time and you talked about this on our podcast is uh, a full glass can't receive water. In other words, a lot of the greatest people that we've met so far, and we've met many more guys than we've interviewed so far, you know, the greatest guides have this unsatiable desire to get better and better and better and better and learn. And so they, we're seeing that there's just, we also, there's just a passion, just a love for fishing uh, that, that people have. And there's different ways they guard it and try to nurture that, kindle that. Um, and then really a lot of the, a lot of the guys, you know, you mentioned this, you know, we, at first it's just like, wow, I can't believe this guy sat down. Oh, wow, I can't believe this guy would meet with us. And then we, I mean, just what you said and you realize, no, these are really good. They have really good people skills. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> yeah. And it makes sense, right? You're on a boat with a person every day for 30 years. Like you, you should be good with people or you got to be a really, really good fisherman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's, that's some, I, Josh, what, what have you yeah, seen? Uh, just the common the most common things, you know, we ask a lot of our questions are fishing oriented for the most part. And how can someone be a better angler or just person on the water? And it comes down to, like Hunter said, it seems like the first thing everybody says is time on the water. You know, that's a big thing that literally everyone we've asked that question to has said that, which is very important, I think. Um, and then it goes back to just the desire to always, you know, once everybody basically says once someone thinks they know everything that's when it, their progression just stops you can't ever you can't ever stop trying to grow or stop trying to learn everybody you know that you're with at some point is going to have something you can pick up on and learn from whether they're better than you or worse than you or you just you, you got to come up, into it with an you, open you mind you really end up learning a lot from your from your customers and in a lot of ways those are the things that make you better as a fishing guide is that you know, part of being a fishing guide is to learn how to teach people things quickly and and easily in a very very um, simple way, right? So, the the lady from Indiana who's never been down here and and shows up with a longtime customer of yours, and you're kind of like, okay, I got to teach her how to do whatever we're doing, catch a bonefish or, or whatever. And she's not taking it to it like most of the other people because she doesn't, she's not drawing from the same experience for whatever reason. So you have to take a different approach. And sometimes those are the, the days where are you like, wow, I told this different story and she got it like right away. And immediately she started out fishing the other guy with no experience. It's like, wow, maybe I could, Maybe I could do better for everybody that I'm teaching if I took this different approach. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of interesting like that. That's another big thing is teaching, you know, or helping to guide. Not that me and Hunter aren't guides, uh, but fishing with each other, it, it helps that teamwork, especially with sight fishing, as opposed to Hunter being on the bow and me saying, there's a fish right here. Yeah. That, that doesn't tell him anything. Um, we had, and we actually had a pretty cool moment on, uh, we did a podcast with Rob Fordyce and he walked us through how a shot at a tarpon would go, you know, okay, there's a fish at 10 o'clock, point your rod. 
you know, and that was something we had picked up with somebody we had fished with a, a day before that. You know, we had, we had, I had never even thought of that. Point your rod, now I know where he's looking. Right. Yeah. You know, so point your rod, I know where Hunter's looking. Okay, a little to the left, a little to the left. There he is right there. Do you got him? Yeah, I got him. And then you can go from there. And it's just little things. I mean, there's, there's so many small, minute things that, you know, by themselves don't matter. But when you put them all together, it, it brings, and I've seen, brings the success level up. One of the other common themes is, you know, I think there's sometimes a stereotype around fishing guides that like, you know, they're, especially if you're not in the fishing community, you know, these are guys that they just can't, they can't do an eight to five, you know, they're just, they want to be on the water. And yeah, if you're on the water every single day, then you're going to know where the fish are. So you can put the boat over there and put me on some fish. And man, I, I genuinely believe this. I have not sat down with a guide that I think wouldn't be successful in other areas if they chose to do them, other vocations. Their attention to detail, their work ethic, they're smart guys. They work really hard. They take what they do serious. They care about people. So that's been another neat thing too, is just to understand like some of these guys, I, I'm like, man, it whatever they would have chose to do, they could have gone to banking. They could have done if they were If they were interested in it. Yep. I mean, in my own, in my own situation, that is not the case. Like maybe I have the capacity to have done something else, but not if I'm not interested in it. Yeah. If I'm interested in it, it's a different deal. And, and fishing for me was the first thing in my life besides wrestling. And I never thought that I was going to, you know, there, there's no opportunity for, I mean, there's professional wrestling, but that's a whole different deal, but there's really no that's opportunity there. Right. <laughs> so you know, you never have this dream that you're going to make a living wrestling, but you could be a wrestling coach, I guess, or you could be, be, you know, you know but you'd be on the WWE. Well, that's, that's a different kind of wrestling. That's the squared, <laughs> that's the squared circle. And, and I would have to go against Ray Mysterio Jr. Because he's the only one that's around you'd have my to have weight a class. You'd have to have a niche. You'd have to, you'd have to be able to have some sort of special it little could be niche. the fishing ninja. Yeah. You could go out there and hit people, break, break, uh, break rods over people. You could come something. out there with, with a fly rod and lasso them around the neck. <laughs> no, that'd be fun. Like in game of Thrones. When, when the Targaryen brother gets, I practice casting with my two year old. She <laughs> runs around and I just, I'll cast in front of her and she'll run towards it and I'll, Strip, 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 and then she'll try to bend down and oh, yeah? pick it up. Get you it? Know? Oh yeah, it's so fun. It's, so, it's a lot of fun. That's how I would practice clearing line off the off the deck. I would strip it all in, tie it to my dog's collar, and throw the ball. And you do oh. that over and over and over again. And you don't step on the line after you do that. Like practicing those those kind of things is super important. And and you know you got yeah. a dog, you just got go a ball. Write that, go ahead and write that that's one down. A good yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> that's you got a good dog, stuff you right got there. a ball, then 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 you can practice clear and I, I can promise you that a labrador retriever runs a, a, a driven labrador retriever runs every bit as fast as a tarpon and here's the difference though they pull harder like there's more friction <laughs> yeah. against the the actual earth than there is against the water so when when it does get caught around your foot you know usually you, you would do it with a butt section so it's like 50 pound test your dog will pull you off your feet. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's some great so, insight right yeah, there. So there's, 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 um, there's even more reason to get good at it because last time he pulled you off your feet and, and the fly line dug into the, to your ankle and, uh, and it 
it hurt. So yeah, with practice and casting too, you know, you go out and you're like, man, I'm just, you'll, when I first started fly fishing, I, I grew up and we were mostly, you know, using spinning reels and my dad would fly fish in the stream some, but mostly spinning reels. And I started picking up a fly rod and I come out to an area like this, you know, big grassy field and just be like, I'm killing it, man. Woo. You know, like, yeah, you know, and, and then you get on the boat and you're line control and there's wind and the boat's shifting and there it's rocking mm, and it's very different it's very different than the grassy field that's a good little good little practice tip right there too with, with trying to help clear line yeah most I, I think that um a lot of anglers you know come down they show up on the boat and they're like yeah i've been practicing every day but they're not i started writing some articles about this a, a while back because all they're doing is coming out to the field and keeping the line up in the air and practicing and then throwing an 80 foot cast and then stripping into six, you know, 50 and then picking it up and casting and then shooting 30 feet. And it's practice, but it's not, it's not usable practice. Like it's not, it's not perfect practice. And the, the thing is like the, the, I came up with this article that I wrote a long time ago, which was the two target drill where there's a, there's a target at, uh, at like 11 o'clock. And then there's a target at nine o'clock. So just like the situation where we were um, talking about with, with that Rob walked you through how he would do it, I would just stand there and I would be like, okay, there's a fish coming. And this is a very common situation. It's going to show up at nine o'clock or, or at 11 o'clock. The guy's going to have you there and then the boat's going to be stopped. And then this fish is just going to start moving around like this and it might get closer or further away. So then it's going to, your second opportunity is going to be at nine o'clock. And so, you know, the first cast is 60 feet at 11, trying to hit a hula hoop. Then you strip back in. He didn't need it. Okay, now I'm going to cast over here and lead him, you know, to here. And it's going to be at 9 o'clock and it's going to be 40 feet. So you're working with two different line lengths and you're working with two different two different targets. And you're working with having to not step on the line. And then when that's over, you don't just start waving the line around again. You strip it all the way back into the ready position and then roll cast from the ready position to the target at 11 o'clock, strip back in and then go at nine. And then you reverse them. You strip all the way back into the ready position. You cast at nine o'clock, 40 feet. Okay. He didn't eat that. And he's kind of going away. And we're going to try this over the shoulder kind of hail Mary shot and see if it works at 11 o'clock. And, um, you know, those kind of drills work so much better. I mean, 30 minutes like that beats 10 hours waving it around in, in the field. Yeah, that's the type of gold with the podcast that with the Captain's Collective. Oh, so just, I should have done that on yours. Yeah, that, it, that was good. Well, <laughs> it's, but, it's one of the, it's one of those uh, you know one bad cast in the water is better than six in the air. You yeah, know? you can throw exactly. perfect loops all day, but if you can't can't get it open at forty feet in front of a fish, then and, and I've thought about a good uh, like I was at the um, I was at a sports store the other day, and I've used these before like in hotel gyms, but the like I think it's called a bosa ball, but it's like yeah. an exercise ball, but it has the platform on top of it. And you can stand on it and you can do squats and you can do different exercises with it. And um, it's a stabilization kind of core exercise tool. And I was like, you know, that's probably a pretty good thing to stand on and cast right there. That'll add that a factor into a it. a great idea. Um, and so, but that's I was going to buy it, but it was like of. 90 bucks. I was like, oh, I don't know. Man. You can find one of those at a garage sale that's for what I need. free. <laughs> there's, some, there's some lady trying to get rid of those. And, and now's the perfect time. Let's see. It's, yeah. it's a month and a half after the new year. There are BOSU balls. Yeah, everywhere out the Bosa. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, that's that's where you just got to stop by the uh, stop by the old um, garage sale when you see. That's where I pick up most of my workout stuff. Oh yeah, I almost buy nothing 
new. Like, well, like if it's like kettlebells or, or like a barbell or something, but like you, you, those are hard to find. But dumbbells, you can find those at almost every garage sale, especially if you like dumbbells that are less than 50 pounds because most people have them sitting around and they don't use them anymore. Yeah, I have a garage gym. I, I love it. That was like game changing for me. And that's like with us, like, with, with the podcast, trying to one of the I, I, what I, what I would say what I underestimated in is just the administrative trying to set it up, be mobile, be able just to go on a whim's notice. I thought it would be much harder to get good guests and good content, and now I just found that it's uh, truthfully for us at least the hardest part is just kind of making it all come together and everybody being at the same place at the same time. So, are you trying to like do quite a few and then have them? What's your release schedule? Yeah. I mean, so on the website, I put every two to three weeks. Um, we felt like for at least the first year, that's probably a pretty good pace. So that's why we, you know, we've been podcasting for a couple months, but we've only been releasing for the past six weeks. And so that's, that's kind of the content scale, at least to start with and just see how it goes, see if that's consistent enough to keep people engaged and interested. There's not some sort of perfect science that I didn't have any insider knowledge on. every two weeks but you know our desire is just to keep kind of spanning the different regions we got an interview coming up with a guy from Destin who's going to come over and see us you know trying to just kind of keep things moving Josh is like you know Josh is like he's always been he's always been this way he's just kind of got a little extra lucky charm with him and uh, so he throws a lot of the Hail Marys and I'm just you know trying to do that here we are (laughs) well I mean like what what like what you were saying earlier what are they gonna say no yeah (laughs) okay yep they they said what we expected them to say you know but if not then we got it you know yeah so it's just kind of you haven't had anybody be rude or yeah nobody yeah if you had if you had uh so so we were trying to blue sky like what you think it's going to look like this time next year what about your guest list do you have some people on there that that are just like you know the white like whale the home, yeah the white whale i think our white whale is, is flip palette but i don't know if we can get them or not yeah steve huff <laughs> steve um, huff would, would love to do steve huff i'd like to get andy mill on too andy mill would be great uh steve bill, huff, bill bishop that's the white whale in my opinion yeah flip palette bill he'll do it yeah we would love to get we would love to get flip and uh I mean, honestly, some of the, one of the things I've loved about, like, we are hoping to, this sounds a lot more like kind of, you know, over the top than it needs to be, but we really are trying to form a community. I think that's one of the great things that's coming out of some of this content. You know, when you have the guys from Captains on Clean Captains for Clean Water on, like, there's starting to be a little bit more of a, a community happening, emerging there versus just people just tuning in. But, you know, like you hear, you hear about people, they'll send you, Hey, what about this guy? And you're like, you look in and you're like, this guy's awesome. Like this guy, I love what this guy's doing and and Dustin and how he's managing his business and his approach on it. And, you know, like the guys that are doing stuff in cities like Dustin or Sanibel that are really tourist oriented. We talked on your podcast, you know, the, the person getting off the cruise ship, you know, for like better phrase, you know, they're dealing with a lot of that in those cities versus, you know, a city like where my dad is in, in Carabelle in the Lanark area that like, you know, there's not too many wives saying, you know, baby, take me down to Carabelle, <laughs> you know, but so people are coming and they're, when they're coming, they're coming to, to fish, fish, you know? Yeah. So there's some, we, we've, yeah, that, so there's some, there's some, 
Some of the white whales, we don't know. We don't know who they to are To be yet. fair, you were a white whale until yeah. today. Really? Yeah. <laughs> now you're a wall mount. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. That's what, I, that's, that's what I had envisioned. That would be awesome to be a wall mount. No, I, I mean, I think you'll be surprised that almost everybody will, will do it, especially if, especially if you're like, you know, it's only an hour and we can do it anywhere. That makes a big difference. Like getting somebody, my experience is getting somebody on the TV show I mean, the, the amount of difference between getting somebody to sit down on the podcast and getting somebody to be a guest on the TV show, man, we need you on these days and you need to stay for three. I need to have you ready to go for three days, but we might finish in an afternoon and in which case we're going to move on. And so you're going to be sitting at the hotel for a while. So you might want to bring your girlfriend or wife, you know, with you or whatever, uh, but there's no guarantee. It might take us all three days to film this thing, and there's really no guarantee that it's going to happen. And then there's just so much involved, and the podcast is just so much easier. It's so much easier. It's an hour. We can do it anywhere. Like I'll go to iCast, and I'll get a whole bunch of them at iCast because everybody's there, and it's a great time to just sit down and talk to somebody. Uh, I got a bunch of them at the Miami Boat Show. I'll get a bunch of them on the way to places. Like if I got a shoot coming up somewhere, I'll stop in three different places and 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 meet with somebody or or see an old friend that I hadn't seen in a while. That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. In you guys' situation, man, you should be like going fishing with these guys for a half a day and then doing a podcast because. Now you're talking. Yeah, we we would love that. We don't. We try to. We'll we'll try to say stuff like, "Hey, you know, we'll come in. We're going to trailer. Where do you think we should go?" It's kind of tough because you know we want to respect their time and their livelihood. And you know, we're like, "Hey, if you end up having to book somebody that day, last minute, I understand it's your business. We'll we'll be flexible. We're learning that everybody's a lot more laid back and flexible than we originally thought they would be. Yeah. You know, I work in a world where a lot of stuff is calendared out months and months and months in advance and pretty concrete and uh, everybody's been pretty chill like hey what are you doing tomorrow and you're like uh i guess driving to see you you know yeah well that's cool what do you what have been the biggest surprises on the podcast people uh, sitting down with yeah, you i guess uh, other than just the, <laughs> the people sitting down it's so cool just hearing for me i mean we like to hear people's backstories hearing somebody like harry like you know where he started from how he got to the keys how he ended up in panacea of all places it's just it's cool to look kind of behind the behind the curtain at some of these guys' lives and getting- I, I i agree with you very much so that's been what's been most interesting for me too but uh you, so you're seeing behind the curtain and and then what you find are you interested in how they got started fishing because that i am because it was a it was a path that i was not expected for me and so I'm kind of always kind of wonder, is that the same thing for, for these other people? But I find, you know, some people grew up, like I just did one with uh, Jeff Maggio, Lunker Dog, and he just grew up in the business. Like his dad was a boat builder and he grew up and he knew he was going to be a fish guy. From when he was a kid, he knew he was going to be a fish guy. And he just didn't know which style of boat he was going to be on. Was it going to be on a sport fisher? Was it going to be on a little boat or whatever? But he just knew. And for me, it wasn't that way. I didn't even know a fishing guide was something that you could do for a living. I, I was quite surprised for the first several years that anybody paid me anything to go fishing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, and, and then you just find out, okay, well you can, you can do this, but it's not all flowers. 
it can be a tough way to make a living. And I would imagine that that's some of the experience, some of the stories that you're getting too is like, especially some of these old guys, like fishing, like we, we, we discussed a little bit earlier about the river runs through it. And now you have social media and you have YouTube and you have some things that are driving people's interest to go fishing. Back in the day, it was like, you know, you had, you had a couple of TV shows. You had some really big TV shows that were on, like, um, you know, the American Sportsman. And you had like, uh, you know, um, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom and things like that, which were really, really cool. But for the most part, man, I mean, it was there there wasn't a lot pushing people to want to do it. So it was kind of underground, you know. And so I would imagine that, you know, back in the day, getting the story from some of the old guys of how they used to get their business. And I would imagine that, you know, September rolls around. It's dead. Just shuts down. Shuts down. That today is way different. And there's a million ways for people to tell their story and, and to get people to go fishing with you. But man, I would imagine that would have been really, really tough. We were going to ask you this on ours, but more people will hear it here. Maybe. <laughs> so speaking on that social media thing and that, you know, a lot of guys are using that for their marketing, for their business and, you know, just ways to kind of put themselves out there. There's a ton of people that are kind of saying it has a negative effect on just everything in the outdoor world, whether it be, you know, it gives kind of a skewed look on how fishing or hunting actually is. It's just kind of feeds into everybody's kind of right now mentality. You, you're very active on your socials, social media accounts. Uh, it seems like how do you what are some things that you can do or we can do or anybody else can do with a social media account that kind of keeps it keeps it away from that negative aspect i mean you seem to be be very good at that well i don't know if i'm any good at it i think social media has no rules and you can do it any way you want to so <laughs> the fact that somebody might be better at it than somebody else i don't know that that is a fair comparison. I don't know that it's been out there long enough to be able to tell who's doing a better job. And I don't think it's based on followers or likes or, or engagement. I think that there are some small accounts that I follow that I think are doing a much better job than some of the larger accounts. So I think, I think trying to be authentic, I think trying to, to be honest, like we didn't do so well today. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that is a story that's not told that much, and it lends pe- it, it it leads people to believe that every day is awesome, and it leads and that cannot be good for inexperienced anglers to come down with really high expectations and be disappointed. That does not lend itself to somebody that's going to continue to visit that area or fish that often because they thought they were going to catch 20 tarpon and they, they caught zero tarpon, even though they hooked four. Okay. Hooking four is a really good day. A really good day. Hooking one is a great day. That story is not the story that you're getting for the most part on social media. And everybody's as guilty about it as anyone else. Nobody wants to, you know, have a picture of yourself like going like you know with your hands up going we didn't catch any today i mean you're not gonna that's not getting you very far so everybody wants to post the best picture they can and that's cool but i don't know i mean there's a i don't i don't think that 
I think there's a downside to anything and everything. Like, I don't think that that in, there's any one thing that has nothing but upside. Like, you, if you look deep enough into it, something or somebody is suffering from the success that that one thing is having. There's not one thing that you can put into your body that is good for everyone on this planet. You know, I mean, oranges are good for you. We're in orange country right here. Somebody somewhere gets sick if they eat oranges, right? <laughs> I mean, like it's it's not a universal thing. So I don't think there are any universal truths that you can say about social media other than if you want if you want your social media to to grow, it needs to be social. Like that's the whole point is that there's interaction between the people that are looking at it and yourself. So when you when you have an account that's so big that you can't ever read the comments or there's so many comments that, you know, what if you get a lot of comments, some of them are not going to be something that you want to read. It doesn't make you feel all that great when you when there are haters out there or whatever. So you choose not to read the comments. But I think the int- most interesting thing about social media is that it that as long as it stays social. But I also think that social media has has completely changed the landscape of guiding in a way that sometimes is good and sometimes isn't. When I first started guiding, it was the it was the first one to the boat ramp and the last one to leave that the other guides looked and were like, man, that guy's working hard or he's broken down, you know, <laughs> something, mm-hmm. something's going on. <laughs> but when that happens every single day, your truck's there first and, and it's the last to leave. Eventually, even the guides that are, that don't like the newcomer are kind of like, man, dude's put in his time. I'm going to send him a trip or two. Seems like a nice kid. And then you start developing, you know, a reputation based upon hard earned time on the water. That, doesn't happen anymore i mean it 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 does some but for the most part it's much easier to to have a large audience on social media and recruit your trips that way i find that you're probably still going to get more trips from other guides than you would from social media but not everybody not everybody some people are really good at painting a picture that results in a lot of phone calls or a lot of bookings and that may also result in a lot of days on the water uh, so there are occasions that that happens, but there are certainly situations out there where people are painting a much rosier picture than actually exists. And then the people that get on the boat, either with them or with the people that are working around them, are coming with these unrealistic expectations of what's going to happen. And it only results in people that are not satisfied with that fishing and want to you know, feel like they got sold a bill of goods. That can't be good for anybody. And I know guides that have full books off word of mouth because they've been doing it a long time and they're really good. And then that have websites that are cringy, you know, you'd be like, oh, you know, but I mean, they're, it's, it's the guy in Atlanta who goes back, you know, to his office and there's another guy that loves fishing. He can fly anywhere. And he goes, man, if you love, if you love XYZ fishing, you got to go with this guy. Yeah, no, that's, that's the way. That's the way that it happens. Uh, that's the way that you get the the people that book five days in a row and they do it every single year. And they go back and they're at their cocktail party or whatever, and the guy's like, "Yeah, we went fishing. I really want to go bone fishing." And they're like, "Look, I mean, if you really want to go, like I'll I'll tell you who I go with." Reluctantly, because. Yeah. They don't want the days to... <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. You asked about a common thread amongst really great fishermen earlier. They're all a little competitive, too. You know, there's a healthy competitive 
nature. Do you find that they're all a little bit weird? Uh, some weirder than others. Some of them have been... I wouldn't say weird. I'd just say quirky. 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 Yeah, that's <laughs> quirky is a really good way to describe a, a fishing guide. But I, I think that I think that most fishing guides are are definitely a little weird. Most fly tires are even weirder. Artists are probably even weirder than that. <laughs> but in order to be a fishing guide, in order to be an artist, in order to be a fly tire, it lends itself to a certain personality. And I think that like a fishing guide needs to be... Well, I got friends that are all over the map. Like some are very detail oriented. Some man, their boat is a wreck, and you wonder how in the world anything gets accomplished in that boat. But man, they they're on the meat every day. And then other people are just, you know, like Scott Walker. Just everything he's got is tight and shined up and clean <laughs> and glistening and brand new. And you, I mean, everything is perfect and every rod is exactly the same every rig is exactly the same length exactly the same knot everything is perfect and you know that's what i've learned about being around a bunch of these different guys is that there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat and man you know if 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 that's what it took to be that dialed in with all of your tackle and to wash and chamois every single thing that comes on or goes off of that boat then everyone would be doing that but you know what everybody doesn't do that and everybody isn't as and that works for scott walker and but it's unnecessary for steve roger it's unnecessary for somebody else that doesn't feel like look man my time's better spent somewhere else but scott walker is just he is the most detail oriented the the most organized the most precise in every single thing he does of anyone there and then when you add that that habit to you know what makes you know uh steve roger great they make an amazing team together and that's what's cool to see but the fact that you know scott is so organized and maybe steve isn't as organized they both catch a lot of fish it's the same way when you see him throw a net like everybody can set up a net differently the only thing that really matters is does it open every single time and do you catch the bait? And <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. And and even with Rich and I, man, so many times when we get on the boat, you know, we're we're rigging something up and I turn the wheel this way and then I go down to pick something up and he's already turning the wheel the other way. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, we think so perfectly opposite one another. <laughs> it's amazing that either one of us catches any fish like we'll catch more fish separately than we will together because i want to go this way and he wants to go that way and we both catch fish but it's the exact opposite approach it's so weird but yeah fishing guides are a little bit weird i think then i mean quirky yeah everybody everybody in this world's a little quirky i mean right now we have like these headsets on we look like we're playing halo xbox or something <laughs> and i just noticed this and we should have mentioned this before but i mean there's currently people pulling into a fusion buffet that's chinese and country <laughs> chinese and country chinese and country, country. so i don't that that just need, needed to be added into the equation that when I say that some of the guys are quirky and weird, I say that as a man wearing a headset outside of a Chinese I'm wearing, well, I'm wearing country two fusion. I, I'm, you know. I'm as weird and quirky as any. I'd probably put myself at the top of the list. I don't know. My son was always, both boys and, and my daughter, you know, that when you're growing up, you're, you're always worried about, like, are you going to fit in? Are you going to do yeah. this? Are you going to do that? And I was always like, look, man. 
It's perfectly fine to be weird. I'm weird. Everybody I know is weird. All my friends are weird. And they're like, no, they're not, Dad. And I'm like, yeah, no, they're weird. <laughs> like, each one of them. You take a Jason Stemple or, or, or a Hop Litzwire or something, like everybody's got their quirks. And part of it has to do with taking care of the equipment that it takes to make t- to, to do the job. But everybody's got their little quirks. It, yeah. It's, it's weird when you're, you're a kid, everybody just wants to be exactly the same. And then you yeah. get to a certain age and you just, I'm just going to be me. Well, yeah, social yeah. media adds that pressure. I work with college students and, you know, it's, it's, there's all sorts of positive things. You know, it's a way for us to connect. It's a way for good stories and content things to go out. But there's a pressure that I think a lot of people have that they do want to fit in. They want to be liked and they look to social media or they look to fitting in as the way to kind of feel like, okay, I'm happy and I accept who I am, you know? And it's like, that's a piece piece of the whole puzzle with some of the best guides that we've met. They're all a little different, but they're all really comfortable in their skin. Yeah. You that's know? for sure. Um, so some of them like, they're like, I, I, I suck at Instagram and I don't care because I love <laughs> fishing. And then some of them are like, you know, you're like their Instagrams are work of art. And then some people are I like, I mean, some people, they, they, uh, they just, everybody's using it different and success. We talked about this on our podcast with you, but success looks differently for, for everyone, you know, yeah. so just use it how you want to, but don't, don't be a cl- clone, you know, like, Oh, I want to, I want to just copy everything that this person's doing. Well, the one thing you're not copying is that person's mindset that they're comfortable with who they are and they're okay with being quirky. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. All right, cool, man. So captain's collective, that's the name of the podcast. You got 13 recorded six out now. Who, who, who's out now? Harry Spear was your first There's one. There's three out now. Harry Spear, John Swanson, who was a former Marine, yeah. who uh, now is a guide in, in our area. We just released Bo Bossa and uh, Bossa. And, uh, <laughs> and, sorry, uh, Bo. Sorry, Bo. I have a he hard told time. Me he did, he's one that doesn't listen to podcasts. So yeah. He's safe. Yeah, yeah. And then um, we're about to um, release Scott Burgess from Skinny Situations Charter. He's a Tallahassee guy. Got So, yeah, we're, we're excited. We've got a good lineup coming up, and we're learning a lot. We're getting better each time, and, you know, we're, we're trying to hone in on the craft of basically sitting down with these guys and mining out gold. Cool. And where does somebody find something? The oh, Captain's Collective. Yeah, just go to captainscollective.com. And we have social media on Facebook and Instagram that just started. We're definitely on the not as good at social media from like an aesthetic side. You know, we're still learning all that. That's the fun. So just come join the journey with us and, and follow us at captainscollective.com. So, but is, that's the only place that you can listen yeah, to the podcast? iTunes, iTunes, oh, Spotify, iTunes. Stitcher. If you go to the website, you can kind of pick your poison on what okay. you want to listen to. All right, cool, man. Well, I wish you guys the best of luck, and thank you for having me on yours, and and thanks for being on this one. I appreciate it. Thanks Thanks for the time, Tom. All right, see you.